Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. El futuro tiene nada más que la confrontación. Hey, welcome to Unpopular Opinion. I'm your host, Adam Todd Brown. I used to write a bunch of weekly columns for a bunch of internet places, and I would use those columns to put forth all sorts of crazy opinions. Then, I'd come on this show to defend those opinions, but now I don't really do any of that shit. I just do a bunch of shows. Joining me today, he runs a publication I write for sometimes called Vandal Press. He's also one half of the duo that hosts the Not A Huge Fan podcast that you should check out sometime. Ladies and gentlemen, we're always happy to have him here, Isaac Simpson. Also joining me, you've seen him on Collider, you've heard him on so many podcasts, including a few podcasts on this network recently. He's also one of the funniest comics working in Los Angeles right now. You should go see him tell jokes sometime if you have the chance. Ladies and gentlemen, Jay Washington. It's going to be a great show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Unpopular Opinion. I'm Adam Todd Brown. Who are I'm, you? Oh, I'm Brett Rader. How's it going? How are you, Brett? I'm doing great. Yeah. Yeah. We have guests, as usual. That's always convenient. Isaac Simpson, how are you? Good. This is your second time on the show? I think third. Third? Yeah. Been around. Been around. I sometimes write for Isaac at Vandal Press. Yeah? I need to get back to that Yeah, we enjoy, we're moving slowly, but we're, I've been, we're in play. I've been moving and touring and yeah. haven't had time to do shit but record There's still podcasts. a lot of demand for your writing. I feel like there might be. There is. No, I get feedback. I got a lot of feedback being like, how did you get Adam Todd Brown to write for you? Oh. People said that to me. I should be out there trying to find jobs, it sounds like. <laughs> writing jobs? Like yeah. real writing jobs. Yeah. I think I still owe you some money from that, though. Ah. <laughs> so it's not totally fruit, fruitless. Fruitless. Jay yeah. Washington's here. Uh, thank you for having me, man. Thank you for being letting me back in here. Uh, I appreciate it. I had fun last time. It was very informative. Yeah. Educational. And it, it should be today, too. It should be, but probably be a lot of feelings hurt when they listen to it. Yeah, we're <laughs> we're talking about Trump. Yeah, so but yeah, it's been as usual. It's been you know been fun being back and just trying to stay busy, man. Comic Con's coming up this week, so that's a headache. Yeah, that's a headache and a half having to get ready to cover most of that. And tell me about Comic Con. Uh, it's just a Hit bunch. You know, the hardest part of the show for me is the first few minutes because I spend all that time asking everyone else what's going on in their life. When all I really want to do is talk about what I've been up to since last week. And that's why we call this segment This Week and Me. And it's about to get really intense. Did you remember we do that? I don't know yeah. if we did that on the No, because we didn't have a sound cue. No, we did. It was just way too loud. Oh, that's right. It was... <laughs> we fixed that. <laughs> yeah, we fixed that. We fixed that. It's a little quiet now. It's all low and it's, just, it's nice. It is. It's basically just, you know, now San Diego Comic Con has become like this big pop culture fest. Yeah. So instead of it being about the comic book shops, instead of it being about the cos, you know, the comic book shops and the cosplay and the culture of it, it's about pop culture. So it's about all the big TV shows that are dropping their first trailers, some dropping first episodes, all the movies that are about to drop, the comic book movies, yeah. big, you know, big studio movies and whatnot. So covering that all for the new podcast with Matt Titan and everything and then doing stuff with Hyperheroes, possibly with Collider, it's just like getting ready to deal with all those people, then doing stand up down in San Diego as well. Yeah. Going to all the parties just to network. So. It's tough. I mean, I've been, I've been a couple times, and I've also been to like music festivals in the sun in Tennessee camping. <laughs> and it's so weird because you go to these festivals or whatever, and you're like, oh wow, I'm legitimately tired because I've been camping in like ninety percent humidity yep. for five days. And then you go to Comic Con and you sit in, in air conditioning all day long, and it's equally tiring. It's equally, <laughs> and you don't know how, but it's it really is an exhausting. Oh, experience. especially trying to walk the convention. If you try to walk that convention floor on Saturday, it's the worst nightmare you could ever have. 
Oh, yeah. Because everybody wants to converge at Comic-Con on Saturday because that's when you get the big Hall H reveals. That's when this year you were getting the Aquaman trailer, Shazam trailer, Venom trailer, uh, Doctor Who. All these big different things are happening. And so everybody's there. want to be close to the DC booth, close to anything Warner Brothers is doing or Sony. Man, and you just like, I just want to try to get an interview and some sound bites. <laughs> that's, that's all I want to do. Sounds like chaos. It is, but it's also dope because you get to meet a lot of the fans who, who know you from all the internet stuff and they all want to take pictures and then you have to remind them, do not startle me and grab me because you might get stole off of. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. It's like I had a dude did that at WonderCon. Nineheim. I was like, yo, my boy had to catch my arm because he just grabbed my shoulder to turn me around. I was like, hey, Jay. And I was like, yo, my boy was like, no. <laughs> dude almost caught one. So, yeah, that's really about it, man. Dude. Just a lot of work and trying to, trying to be somebody in life. Oh. Nerds, when you're at San Diego, don't catch one this weekend. Yeah. Just be yeah. careful. Don't catch one. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be a whole different ball game in the whole new Me Too era. <laughs> <laughs> so, obviously, we're not talking about Comic-Con this week. No. <laughs> we are talking about the Russia investigation, which, right, it calls for sound effects. It, it took, a, took another turn this week. There were 12 indictments handed down. What's uh, uh, Isaac, what's your opinion on the Russia investigation? Oh, you... that's a broad question. Oh, good. I, I've heard rumors <laughs> that you have strong opinions on this. That's why well, I wanted no, you on this I episode. No, I don't necessarily have strong opinions. I think... Um... I don't have strong opinions. It's just a total witch hunt. <laughs> <laughs> All caps. I don't think it's a total witch hunt. I think it's um, just not really that interesting, ultimately. To me. Really? Yeah. I think it's like the most interesting thing yeah. that's ever fucking happened to this government. Well, that's because the media. And interesting is, is just a not even the right word to describe it. Well, there was already 13 indictments for one, right? Back in February. Right. And so this is the second time there's been 10 plus indictment waves. Right. And this time it's just they're creeping up the ladder to get closer to the Russian state. Right. Cause the first time it right. was like a troll farm. And now these 13 are like actual officers of the Russian government. Right. So, I mean, you know, if what we're talking about is a state manipulating the media of another state, right? Russia manipulating our media, which is basically what this amounts to, right? That's not what the well, and hacking, 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 hacking. Yeah, sure, sure. So hacking the DNC and then, uh, you know, using that information to embarrass Hillary Clinton, more or less. Right. Kind of. And also memes, you know, like memeing the public in some way. Yeah. But it, throw that in with media manipulation. Yeah. Media manipulation. Right. But the indictments or at least the allegations also in at least some way point to there were points where they needed help from someone in the United States to carry out these things, be it information or whatever. And it does seem like there was some communication between the Russians and and the Trump campaign, which will, which which if they prove that, yeah, that'll be collusion, and you know Trump will get uh, well, impeached, et cetera, et cetera. I think the problem is Trump knows exactly which words to say. He says there's no collusion with me. Sometimes he'll say my campaign, but it's been proven there's been enough conversation between campaign members and Russians. Him yeah. now, Trump himself. That's the thing that they're trying to catch the most, that they're trying to catch. Yeah. And it's the hardest part. It's right. the hardest piece of the puzzle to figure out. Yeah. Because yeah. you can get everybody around him. Again, Manafort was about to drop all the dimes. You know, you have Michael Cohen who's about to flip on him. So all these little pieces around him are cool. We got those, but Donald Trump is, he's managed to put it where it's like, I'm, I'm good, right? It's not me. So here, let me just finish my. Oh yeah, yeah. Little, I'm sorry, no, 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 no. It's all good. It, 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 this will be quick. The reason why I just don't really think this is that big a deal is because there are countries I think that uh, are big power players that are influencing every election that we have. And sure. if you look at Israel, for example, they have a public policy that you can read about called Hasbara, where they pour millions and millions and millions of dollars into manipulating the media in their favor. It's on paper. I went to stand with us. The, they're like a Hasbara kind of organization. Yeah. I did birthright with them and they, you know, I saw this shit on the ground floor. APAC is the number one lobbying group in Washington. Imagine if Hillary Clinton, before the campaign, uh, some, you know, deep state Israeli 
troll thing had hacked the RNC and spread that information everywhere. And then later on, it came out that Hillary Clinton, somebody in her campaign had talked to Israel about that, right? Yeah. <clears throat> would we really give a shit? I mean, would you really be like, oh, my God? I, or would you yeah. be like, I just feel like I, if I it was really the same extent as what Trump seems to be, then, yeah, of course I would care. Because <laughs> I, I think you're kind of underplaying, like, like there are people who question whether he – and we'll get into it – like whether he's been an asset of Russia since 87. Right. But – and I read that whole article and it's an interesting – well, we'll talk about it when we talk about it. But anyway, keep going. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> uh, so these indictments that came down this week, they're just Russian agents. So they're never going to be arrested. Like they have no reason to like come here and face mm. prosecution and Russia certainly not going to extradite them. And the response from Trump that bothered me the most was – the idea that well this happened when Obama was president so it's it's his his thing to stop it's it's what he does he yeah. knows how to spin a right. narrative so quickly on its axis where it still doesn't paint him in a negative picture right he is so quick to put this on the democrats being upset that hillary lost which it's gotten to the point no one cares anymore that she lost Right. It's, it's pr- pretty much past that. Like, she lost. Done. Whatever. We're at the point that you are the worst thing for the government ever. Or in the country. Right. right. Ever. Then, but you have him saying, oh, it's Obama's thing. The, he's not even president anymore. Do you understand the fact this man doesn't even address him? Trump has spent most of his presidency acknowledging or trying to belittle Barack Obama when Barack Obama, unless he is just dead in the middle of an interview and finally asked. He doesn't even bring dude up. Yeah, he's right. like ignoring it. It's he's true. ignoring him at yeah. every single turn. That's true. And to say, oh, yeah, well, why did they do it? He even, it, I think Obama actually addressed it and said, had I done something about that, it would have came back around that I was trying to help Hillary win the election. That's true, exactly. And that's why he did yeah, And that's, that's why, why that didn't. is a stupid take. I'll agree with you that trying to blame this on Obama is ridiculous because you're exactly right. If Obama had came hard on russia f- during that in 2016 right he would have immediately gotten accused of wi- handing the election, election to hillary, hillary. Yeah, instantly. yeah point and yeah. he did actually like kind of privately he did something no he did well he yeah he directly things. confronted putin in 2006 yeah he confronted him about it right and like, well he also did sanctions i mean he did do yeah, when he, yeah, that's when he that's when he dropped yeah, the sanctions yeah. on russia that was after yeah. the election but yeah so that's such an insane comeback to say oh well it happened when obama was still president well of course it happened when right. obama was president you were you were campaigning campaign <laughs> at the time like but this is what i this is what i said a month ago on the show is that as this stuff is revealed and as we get more information it's going to move from total witch hunt total watch hunt, clinton hillary to uh, maybe we did it but it's obama's fault to two months from now Oh yeah, we def we definitely did it, but uh, actually, it's uh, the Mex- Mexico's fault. Let's. Oh, Rudy Giuliani is the <laughs> like, best with this. Like, like there's going to be just more. Uh, sorry, go for it. Oh no problem. I, I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, no, I, but it's I just Rudy Rudy Giuliani is the best with saying, "Well, if he did it, is it really illegal?" The fact that they've been able to right. throw that up a lot is the most terrifying shit in the world. You mean if he has some executive privilege or something? Right. He's saying something like Every that? single time. Yeah, he's just saying, up on that, you know, he's yeah. like, oh, well, if he did it, is it really illegal? Right. Is it? You know, even Fox News will say it all the time. You'll have the Tucker Carlson's. You'll have the uh, Sean Hannity saying it. Right. He's allowed to do this. He's, it's okay. Which is insane. Which we litigated 40 years ago when Nixon said when the president does it, it isn't illegal. Right. 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 And that was the reason we got rid of a president, you know, and it's crazy that we're, you know, they say that expression, those who do not study history are doomed to repeat it. Right. And we are legitimately repeating history, but this time it's on a grander scale. Oh, yeah. Because even if you go into not just the Russians, the fact that he pardoned the ranchers off the Bundy reservation, these were men who were against the government. Right. And the president of the government. You can say that same thing about Obama and certain like Muslim radicals, though. I mean, you could say they're against the government and he pardoned some of those guys, piled around with some of those guys. I don't think that's really fair. I mean, the Bundy thing, I don't know. I mean, look, I'm what, obviously good, here just so a, we're not in like a liberal circle here. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, 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 so I'm, I'm, I'm very independent <laughs> thinking and free and free forward thinking. I can't but, think of a good reason for the Bundy pardon. Well, I, I wish I knew the facts better, but I think, uh, 
you know, it's more just assertion of small government, right? Because they're fighting against this massive land ownership. You know, the that's whole, what it was. Nevada yeah. owns ninety two percent of the land, yeah. and, or sorry, the government owns ninety two percent of the land in Nevada. They're trying to graze their cattle, and they got to pay millions of dollars a year to the government to let them graze their cattle in the government lands. It's kind of yeah. like government overreach type shit. I think that's the reasoning. That's not good reasoning. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's not, not good reasoning. I can't really remember the exact facts. But I know one, it's but... something about cattle and land ownership right. and the government owning it and the Bundy saying, well, our cattle have been grazing here. We're not paying you. Yeah. And yeah. the government was like, "You look, you have, a, you have a distinctive portion of land. This is where your land stops. Right. This is where government owned. Now, if you want to utilize this, you need to pay for it. Well, but you can understand that because they, the federal government does own, I think, something like 90% yeah. of the land in the state of Nevada, mm-hmm. which is insane. I mean, that's weird, that is, right? That's Especially because yeah. it's like Connecticut. But like it's 1%. all the shitty parts in Nevada. So, well, but like, apparently they had some good cattle grazing. <laughs> 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 yes. So anyway. there's a really interesting article that we read for this episode called, Will Trump be meeting with his counterpart or his handler? And it's written by Jonathan Chate? Jonathan Chate, who's cool, who's actually, usually, socially, um, he's a liberal, but he always rails against PC culture. So I, I've always really liked Jonathan Chate. That's a weird take for a liberal. <laughs> uh, and he's writing for New York Magazine. And what he suggests in this is the idea that Trump has actually been a Russian asset since 1987. And the thing that he points to first is in 1987, Trump kind of enters politics like he had been around before that. But he started kind of spreading his voice as a political voice in 87 when he took out a full page ad in The New York Times attacking the Japanese for relying on the United States to defend it militarily. And the thing is, he did that after a trip to Russia, and that is a very Russia-at-the-time talking point, which is, it, you'll note, it's kind of the same talking point he's pushing now with NATO, which is, why do we have to pay so much to help you defend yourselves? Why, why aren't you chipping in more money? And what always gets left out of that conversation is the, to defend yourselves, we're talking about them defending themselves from Russia. Like, mm-hmm. NATO is intended to defend Europe from Russia. Mm-hmm. So the fact that his first political thing happened in 87 after a trip to Russia, and he takes out a full-page ad in the New York Times pushing basically a Russia talking point, that seems weird to me. I also I think it's funny, first of all, though, that he was like, even back in 1987, finding a way to like tweet his hot takes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm just going to buy a page in the new york times well you're like, right that, here's my hot take and that that was kind of what he did he, <laughs> yeah like he did that with the central park five. Oh, he was right. he was adamant about that and then everybody was like yo do y'all see how he is talking right now yeah he was damn near like they should be executed yeah well how was he spreading that though then he took out it a was like he out full page ads he was taking out full page ads and when you have this again this goes to the the future conversations he would have in interviews Putin and I are close. Right. We've talked numerous times. This would, you know, it would play to it. And then turn around in, in his election when he became candidate Trump and subsequently President Trump. I, I never really talked to him before, you know, oh, before yeah. he congratulated. Yeah. And it's like, yo, here's the receipts. Yeah. yeah. Here's yeah. the receipts. Yeah. He's lying. Like he's fucking lying. I, and that's another thing. I wish the media would stop calling it falsehoods, misleading yeah. facts. Call it what, the, what it is. These are lies. Yeah. Plain and simple. And what's interesting about the Central Park Five thing and like how he was kind of using newspapers as Twitter, if you look into and we'll talk about it a little bit later, one of Russia's kind of foreign policy goals is to really exploit racial tensions or whatever kind of divide they can find in a country. They'll send people in to exploit those to just try and make it worse and destabilize their enemies. So that could have been Trump doing that way back in the 80s with the Central Park Five thing, because they had been arrested like justice, justice in fucking quotes was going to take its course. He didn't need to take that fucking ad out. Nope. He just took it out for what? To rile people up. So do you really I mean, even Jonathan Shade in this article, though, says 
this is pretty insane. I realize this is totally insane. He says maybe so there's the idea of a, Trump getting elected. Right, but he's saying maybe there's like a 10% chance of this, blah, blah, blah. Do you genuinely believe that Trump is a like Russian asset being controlled by the Kremlin? Like he gets, yeah, I don't know, briefings and a piece of paper saying do this and this. Yeah. You uh, really believe that? I mean, the, there's more evidence pointing to that being the case than not. Listen, that he's a Russian asset. I mean, it's like I understand him being like buddies with Putin. All but, of or, his money you know, has come from Russia since the 2000s. Sure, sure, sure. So he's got a buddy-buddy relationship with him, right? But I don't know if that saying that he's literally like a spy, I don't like a Manchurian Russian I, candidate. That's crazy. I mean, all things point to it. I, I get what you're saying, but all things point to it. All things point to he's a big, fat, old, stupid man. <laughs> with a lot of money, right? I'm just getting started. Okay. I don't think someone's like putting a little rolled up piece of code inside of. A, I'm not going to come to your defense, my friend. <laughs> no, I'm just, just saying, like, like is no that, one's putting a little rolled up like piece of code in like a brick on Park Avenue, and then he pulls it out with tweezers, and he's like, "Oh shit, Central Park." The Z is the K, and like, like, and he decodes it, and it's like, "I'm going to tweet something about Central Park or Five or whatever," but. They they are very good to him with money. We know that for a fact. All of his investments, all of his money is coming from Russia. Maybe they surround him with a bunch of people who are legitimate spies and pump him full of stupid fucking ideas. Yeah, he has no all clue. The time that he, and then he just repeats them because he's a big, old, fat, stupid guy. <laughs> My question is, why is our why has the Republican platform shifted to being so beneficial to Russia now that Trump is in office, as soon as he got the nomination, the Republican platform was changed to address Russia annexing Crimea from Ukraine. Right. There are two countries in the world that officially right now don't think that was a crime on Russia's part. And those countries are Russia and the United States. Right. Uh, well, that's Why did that change happen after he got the nomination? Because uh, you're saying, why did suddenly everything get more pro-Russia? Yeah, in in general. Well, I think there's a lot of reasons for that. I mean, I think fundamentally what's happening here is not this crazy idea that he's literally like a tapped Russian agent. I mean, that's pretty crazy. I think the reality of the situation is that power is a complicated thing. And when you are wielding power at the international level, you need friends. You need big motherfucking friends and you build a coalition of those friends, right? The Clintons have their coalition. It's Saudi Arabia. It's Israel. You know, they, mm -hmm. they have their balance of power and a lot of money goes back and forth, you know, because that's how they gain their power. Trump knew that to get to where he has to be, he needed a big fucking friend and Russia is that friend for him. So like Saudi Arabia to the Clintons is Russia to Trump. And but, you need to build that global coalition if you're going to have that level of power. Right. And but, Russia is that for him. But he, he is, he's basically exercised all of the allies who are big powers just as well. All of the United States main allies, he's made, put them all on the outskirts. All of them are just like, what happened? Which is a thing Russia would want. Him right. To and do. I think, but I think that that's exactly how it had to go because they were all working against him. I mean, it's really interesting. I sorry to keep bringing up Israel. What he did with Israel was he made Israel an ally. In the zero hour, because he basically probably colluded with them and promised the embassy move, right? And they were like, okay, yeah, you're on our side. Because he was – a sure. lot of right-wing people are super pro-Israel. So he knew how to make Israel a friend. He knew how to make Russia a friend. He's going around shopping for friends basically, you know, saying like I need – you know, can you help me be a powerful global power? And I think Russia stepped up to the plate and they were like, all right. Yeah, like we will we'll help you. But you know? the biggest adversary of the United States, I understand what you're saying about gaining and garnering international power. Right. But the biggest and number one adversary of the United States, you use that as a friend. Well, that in that, itself is suspicious. Well, but that's not fair because Russia was not viewed as an adversary by the United States by Obama. He was making fun of the Republicans for this Russia paranoia back in like 2012. I mean, Russia has been not the public enemy number one for a long time, you know, since the 90s. So I don't yeah. think it's really fair to say. I mean, historically, sure. Yeah, we have this his history. That's what I mean, historically. But I would say China is much more a co competition to us now than 
Yeah, is... we're, we are absolutely no competition to Russia right now. That's for sure. We are <laughs> we are posing no opposition for what they're trying to pull off. Like, yeah. have you looked into like Russia? Like, have you looked into Alexander Dugin or the fourth political theory or no. any of these things coming out of Russia? I think people need to look into that. We did an episode about it. I think people need to read that book to really understand how deep Russia's influence is in what's happening right now. I think it's all about Russia. I, also, I did read a book called Red Notice. Have you read that? It's about the Magnitsky, uh-uh. this history of the Magnitsky oh, yeah. rule. And I think that that has a lot to do with what's happening with Trump. I think it's all, yeah, I think there's a huge well, it, Russian influence. It does. The right Magnitsky now. Act is yeah. where it's Obama payback. put exactly. those uh, yeah. uh, sanctions on Russia. And it's, we, we kind of joked about it. Oh, that's how he did the sanctions through the Magnitsky Act. Oh, okay, yeah. When, okay, yeah. when they said the, the meeting. Can we in, get a, can we get a brief primer on what the hell you guys are talking yeah, about? Yeah. Well, sorry. here's the thing. When the, the Trump Tower meeting where they said, Oh, we were just meeting with a Russian lawyer about adoptions. What happened is, uh, there was a journalist who was killed in his jail lawyer. cell or a lawyer who was killed in Russia and he was about to come to the United States to testify or give information about like money laundering or something. We don't for sure know, but he died in custody and we passed the Magnitsky act kind of in retaliation for that. And it put all these sanctions on Russia. And those are the Russia sanctions that they've been trying to get removed since then. Yeah. It basically allowed you to throw out, uh, diplomats i think who are accused of criminal acts the the truth is that magnitsky was representing the largest hedge fund in the world at the time which was called the hermitage fund right and her hermitage capital hermitage capital was owned by an american right Mm -hmm. and it had effectively bought the election the last election for boris yeltsin sure so they fucking hated hermitage capital and this guy was the lawyer for them Oh, and okay. more or less, some like thugs. They know, murdered him. They murdered. I mean, like, that's what happened. Yeah, we put but, yeah, sanctions and, right, on them. So we sanctioned them, that. saying like, "No, you can't fucking do this." But I mean, mostly the reason why anybody cared is because the guy Bill Browder, who was the hedge fund guy, it, I mean, he was like one of the richest people in the world. Yeah. So they really like listened when he said, "You need yeah. to do something about this." That's that's yeah. usually how it works. Yeah. But the reason it's related to adoptions is Russia has effectively. We used to get most of our adopted children in this country from russia yeah and they completely cut that off after the the magnitsky act so when they say we were talking about russian adoptions yeah but you're also talking about lifting sanctions right because one goes in hand with the other and that seems like a minor thing but when you think about all our adopted kids coming from russia think of all the couples out there who are like i just want a white baby (laughs) now we feel bad like can i where am i gonna get white babies and that is like white babies are off the market right now Now i gotta be angelina jolie (laughs) what so i imagine trump supporters take it pretty seriously a white baby to raise it name and image white jesus down here in alabama so with the maga twinsie So let's talk about some of the money that Trump has received from Russia. From 2003 to 2017, people from the former USSR made 86 all-cash purchases of Trump (laughs) properties, totaling $109 million. That is a gigantic money laundering red flag. Absolutely, because you don't want it to be traced. Right. And that one thing, if Trump is guilty of that, he should not be president. Like that should right. be enough. Oh, to there get is a enough to, besides the <laughs> election to sit there and say, "Hey, man, uh, don't pack your shit." But yeah, money laundering number one. You're using you you you're a criminal of the highest level. Money right. laundering to this capacity, a hundred and nine million dollars in cash total. Yeah, I don't think people understand how much that is. To watch a briefcase with a million dollars is nothing. Yeah, to see twenty million will make you like, okay, somebody's moving in. Right. 109 total in cash because this way you can deposit small amounts here and there because it can't be traced and it won't once you are a corporation it won't flag right as long as you put a certain amount in per day right yeah the article also mentions though that the reason he started getting russian money is because banks in america stopped loaning him money 
So that's I, because he's a career criminal. Well, he said in the, in that article, he says like in two thousand something, he was nine hundred million dollars in debt. Yeah, or something like that. So I don't know. I mean, t- this to me kind of goes back to the larger dance that's at play here, which is that. Russia hates what they perceive to be as the global banking hedge fund elite, right? They, that's why the Magnitsky thing happened. They, right. The oligarchs, seven dudes mm-hmm. after the fall of the Soviet Union, bought 80% of Russia. They were all bankers. Right. And so they basically destroyed the country. Putin essentially stole the money back from them. Like he used force to take all that 80% of Russian assets and get it back basically because eight dudes owned the whole country. I mean, think about that. It's insane. That's when they say the Russian oligarch, it's one of those people. But he took it back for the state. According to, right. And that's why people took it back and distributed it to the people. Well, people accuse him of, that's why they say he's the richest guy in the world because they say he took all that money back and he has it. Yeah. You know, so anyway, uh, there's this history of hatred of American banks, right? So I think what we're seeing here is the American banking system or the Western banking system, you know, what Steve Bannon calls mm-hmm. the party of Davos, you know, the unelected elites. They hated Trump. They basically said, Trump, you're not part of our club, right? Right. Like, we don't like you, you know? And you're going to get made fun of. And, you know, they made fun of him at the state dinner, the White House correspondence dinner, dinner in yeah. 2011. So what I see this whole thing as, in a way, is like Russia and Trump getting together to like take vengeance on this kind of like Western banking elite. And I, and I think that's what's playing behind the scenes here. You yeah. Know? Well, I brought up the, the fourth political theory book earlier, and there's another – I can't think of the name of the book, but it's actually a textbook in especially for the russian military right now but i think it's a textbook in colleges in general in russia and it kind of lays out what their foreign policy is as it relates to uh their part of europe and asia and the relationship they have with the west and basically what russia wants is to go back to or to put in place a system where all of europe and asia Follow Russia on foreign policy as it relates to the West. But beyond that, you're free to do whatever you want. Like, if you hate gay people in your country and you want to kill gay people, fine. Yeah, no, your, your religion probably stuff. says you should. Russia mm-hmm. wants to kind of open the world up to this, this system of government. They call it the fourth political theory. Their thinking is fascism, communism, and liberalism are the three political theories throughout history. And that liberalism killed communism and fascism, but now it needs to be killed also. Oh, wow. And that is fascinating. What they want to create is this fourth, they call it the fourth political theory that takes the best elements from communism and fascism and kind of pits it against liberalism. And the things they call for, especially as it relates to the United States, as opposed to actual war, is just going into the United States and causing as much chaos as they can. To like kill that liberal right. thing, to kill yep. the liberal. Wow, that be is it, fucking Be it by Jeez. tampering with <laughs> elections. That's totally true. Like, if you look into... I mean, we're seeing it happen, yeah, though. We're yeah. seeing it unfold. Right. Like, if you look into the, the indictments that were handed down this week, one of the things they were doing, they ran a Facebook page called Blacktivist. And, like, one of the Freddie Gray protests in... Baltimore was organized by fucking Russia. Wow. Mm-hmm. Like they're everywhere. Yeah. And it's, they've put it in writing that that's their plan. They want to, like, if they can exploit any divide in a country, they will do it because it's easier for them if we're just a destabled mess that breaks ties with our allies as opposed to them having to actually come here and invade us. Which is crazy because we, we used to have that on a whole different level. And now our relationships with allies are primarily based through social media. And I say that because of the way we all communicate now. Again, back to what you said with Facebook, with them doing that, the Russian trolls on Twitter. That's why Twitter just did this major purge. Right. They did this major purge for that to say, hey, we need to try to, you know, exercise, get this out right here. And you have Russia's like they've I've always heard that, that they've always wanted to destabilize America from within. And whether it be government or other other routes. Right. You realize they realize they couldn't directly get government until the situation we have now, but they found the other way. Yeah. I think 
And I think it comes up, maybe not in that article, but it comes up in one of these articles. I think they were pushing Trump during the campaign thinking he wasn't going to win. I think it was them thinking, well, this is how we're going to fuck with America's election right now. And maybe it'll keep Hillary from winning. And in- well, they were also pushing Bernie. Right. They were? Yeah, yeah. That's in the article. They were pushing. Well, they, they, they weren't. They had the instruction. Sorry, no, 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 no. The thing is, they were pushing. They were pushing Bernie not to get Bernie elected, but this is after this is after Bernie was out. This is when we just no, were no. Done. They were pushing Bernie during the primary. I think the thing with pushing Bernie was to get people like lots of Bernie people in California, and I'm sure lots of Bernie people in Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, who by the time November rolled around, they were so they were so pent up, they were so hurt by what happened with Bernie over the summer. That they didn't go out and vote. Yeah. This wasn't – I don't think the the Russian involvement was about convincing Cletus in Alabama to be like, oh, let's hang that bitch. You know? Right. It's about convi- – it's also about convincing people – this election is about the people who didn't show up, not really – not quite the people who did. It was low turnout compared yeah. to the, the two Obama elections in total turnout. It's about getting people in Wisconsin and Pennsylvania and Florida – Bernie people, people on the far left to be like, you know what? Yeah, fuck Hillary. I'm not going to vote. And it was those people who cost Hillary the election, not really the people in, you know, Texas or Wyoming right. who were like, let's right. let's lynch some journalists, y'all. Like, yeah, it, that's part uh, of the chaos is 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 making the left freak out and do something so and do something really stupid. Think, it's, it's not just about putting forth the most racist, evil thing. Because it was it was Russia that uncovered the DNC yeah they hacked it thing with with the Clinton, where they basically shot on Bernie tried yeah. to yeah not. well no but if you look at the email where they indicted not these guys but the first set of guys mm-hmm. who right. were the trolls like these guys are the military guys the first set is the trolls that right indicted. the low level employees they have basically. a they have like a directives they like uncovered a directives for them and they basically say uh, we're for Trump and Bernie push everything for them and go against everything else right Right. and what that leads me to believe is that they hate the clintons and the clintons power network like they're just trying to destroy that that kind of saudi arabia clinton whatever that global power network is they want to like poke a just destroy that i don't know if it's as simple as they want to destroy america you know i mean maybe Uh, well i don't think destroying america makes it simple like, that's the thing like i don't i don't know if anybody ha- having nukes is terrible but also like we've we've shown so far knock on wood that like having a bunch of nukes has sort of prevented people from getting into war i don't think russia i don't think any superpower at this point is like we're gonna go destroy another country but like, i think destroy is the turn it's the way destroys you I, I don't think yeah. it's the physical right. destruction i don't i yeah, think that's right yeah. i think people I don't think we're playing like a game of risk anymore with like making your little green army men take over the whole globe. I think people are, I, th- I think countries are sort of like to, for the most part, like okay with what the, the borders they have. I know Russia's mm-hmm. trying to expand the borders a little well, bit, but like I, I just, I don't know if any country, I don't know if Russia's like what we need to do is like start a world war with America. Well, no, that's exactly yeah. what I was just saying about the, the fourth political theory book. They make that really clear that they don't want this to be a military thing. Right, right. They it's want to achieve these goals without having to use the military. And the U.S. even, one of the, like the thing about WikiLeaks, when that happened, people are like, oh, that's a crazy story. But not a lot of people dug through the stories to pull out the crazy stories that were in there. And one of them is the U.S. in like 2008, 2009, something like that, released something called the uh, Unconventional War Manual. And it says in the very first paragraph that for the next untold number of years, this is how we're fighting wars. And from there, it talks about basically everything we've been doing in Venezuela, which people said I was crazy for saying we were going to invade Venezuela. And then Trump, it just came out in in August, was like, why can't we just invade? And when you think about him asking that, why can't we just invade? What do you think they were talking about before that? I bet you it was them talking about all the things we are doing in Venezuela. And if you read this unconventional war manual, it adds up to what's happening in Venezuela. Oh, yeah. Where instead we don't send in the military. Right. We just send people in to go, hey, your leader's 
bad. How about right. you overthrow Throw them, them yeah. and we'll show you how to do it. Destabilize. But we're not necessarily going to do it. But right. we will funnel millions and millions of dollars to your cause to help you do it. So this kind of thing, what Russia's doing here, it's just how people are fighting wars. Oh now. yeah, it's it's happening everywhere. I think it's like this kind of social media seeding ideas yeah. deal. Like I was saying, I think everybody's so stuck on, like I was saying and you were saying, Brett, everybody's stuck on the idea of war being military troops, military forces on the ground in adversary countries. That's not how it's going anymore. You have that bringing somebody that, that are like these, uh, sleeper, sleeper cells, excuse me. Right. And have them destabilize from the inside. Have them, hey, why don't you do this? Yeah. Hey, why don't you do that? Or how do we get a hold of enough social media presence? Or how do we get close enough to this person without using military intelligence and things like that? That's what's happening. So basically, we have been fighting a war for a while that is similar to a Cold War because there is no right. actual there is no actual artillery being used. But that's what we're doing. Yeah, it's like the Cold War never ended, basically. And I don't think the Cold War did end. Like, I mean, we said it did, but... We said it did. Yeah, I don't think Russia, Russia took was, it that way. <laughs> Russia was sitting in the corner with like sharpening a, a twig. <laughs> <laughs> this is not done. One thing that's interesting, a story came out this week, and I don't have much about this in the notes, but we do have in the notes that in 2010, the private wealth division of Deutsche Bank loaned Trump hundreds of millions of dollars during the same period it was launching or laundering billions in Russian money. And what's important about that Someone tweeted this, and we're going to talk about it on next week's politics episode, so I'll shout out the guy who tweeted it then. But at the time Deutsche Bank was laundering this money, Justice Kennedy's son was working for Deutsche Bank. And the thinking is that Trump and Kennedy basically had this agreement in place where Kennedy would retire at a point that would make it favorable for Trump to appoint a oh, new whoa. justice, but That's... also probably on the grounds that, well, you got to pardon my kid, though. Like, I don't want him to go to prison for money laundering. But also, it would just make it easier for Trump to hide that part of this. So we'll see if he ends up tr pardoning the kid. Is the kid in jail now? I don't think so. Uh, but I haven't, That's interesting. I haven't looked into the story completely, so I could have had some parts of that wrong. But there is... A lot of talk about a weird deal between Kennedy and Trump. Here's a question. I don't know. With that everything sounds... we talk about, with the money money laundering, with the Russia ally, whether it be a an agent directly or just buddy-buddy, let's just get to the root of it. You get him out of office. What happens next? Yeah. It's not going to be... I wrote a piece about this called, uh -huh. if Trump gets impeached, it might be the end of America. And it got like millions and millions of hits. It's like the oh, one, yeah. it's one piece I've written that like, you had the most <laughs> I used to think there would be like a mass revolt, you know, or mm. or some really really intense, uh, I like could see serious it. serious revolt. Because I just don't think, again, like I don't think anybody on the other side is really gonna buy this. You know, it's not like Nixon, right? Because in the Nixon era, it was like back then the media had a much better reputation. Like the media then was like David and Nixon was Goliath, right? Yep. And it was these two guys yeah. like going up against the yes. big guy ready to take him down and they kind of found these secrets and he lied and then, you know, they found the, the missing smoking gun, blah, blah, blah. That's not how this is going to go. Because now most people view the media as the Goliath you know, really, mm -hmm. and Trump kind of as the outsider, like, guy who's coming up. So they're going to see this, the Trump supporter, in the mind of a Trump supporter, they're going to see this as the media. That's part of the larger problem, right? right. Yeah. That it is part of the larger problem. As the the joke goes, like, Trump could shoot someone in Fifth yeah. Avenue. Like, I don't know if that quote's real or not, right. but, like... No, he said it. Oh, he, he said, said it, it okay. himself. Said it. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, no matter what happens... Fox News is instantly going to be like, was Soros there? I don't yeah. know. Like, so well, but the, the these reason... people aren't going to. That's the pro that's the problem. And now Isaac's like, well, was Soros there? Yeah. Yeah. The Soros is definitely was, there. The but, problem yeah. is just that <laughs> these fucking people will believe anything, and we have we have a major problem. The our... problem is division. I mean, honestly, like we're, we're saying all this stuff about everybody exploiting these things and mm. blah blah blah. Ultimately, if these differences didn't exist, if we weren't so angry and didn't believe this crazy shit that we're getting fed, right? Right. 
then none of this would be a problem. Like we're susceptible for the to the shit for a reason. Not because it's not just we're all being brainwashed by Russia. I mean, like we have these divisions that are there, the ripe for the the picking. Yeah, you know but what I mean? that doesn't mean you just stand by while people actively exploit them. Especially sure. not the. But there's different president. ways. There's different ways in handling what the root of those divisions are. And I think if you look at what's happening all over Europe, it's impossible to deny that there's a wave of nationalism sweeping the entire Western world. And that's yes. not just and Russia. And Russia yeah. backs a lot of those Russia candidates. backs all of it, probably yeah. because of this third wave thing you're saying. Well, they just, yeah. Like, yeah. There's, we have an example in the notes. In 2010, they backed the political campaign of Viktor Yanukovych, who uh, his campaign was backed by a Russian oligarch. And in his campaign, he exploited ethnic divisions, portrayed yeah. his opponent as corrupt and the election as rigged, called for closer ties to Russia while hiding his ties to Russia. Manager on that campaign, Paul Manafort. Yeah. No, and I, I think that that's definitely <laughs> – that's what's happened. That is what this election was, and it's uh, – that same exact thing is mm. playing itself out Brexit. It's happening all yeah. over the West. But I don't think you can say Russia is just behind it all. I mean that they're completely brainwashing the entire Western world. I mean that's it's, a I think they crazy. were the catalyst. But for they all of this. are behind a lot of it. Like if, there's, if the there's divisions Ru- weren't there, if the anger wasn't there, they wouldn't be able to exploit it. I mean, so, that we, should just gonna find so we should just accept no. every fucking country bumpkin in Manchester who's it's like, this there's too many Turkish people in London. See, I've never no. been to London it, in 15 years, it, but we should just you know, like. No, this fucking- is the second time you've denigrated those people. You said, oh, like, I'm going to give a fuck about Cletus down in Alabama. I mean, you're- I don't care. And I don't care <laughs> I about you either. That's I what I'm saying. Care. No, but you're the reason there's those divisions because I you- I don't care. You hate <laughs> those people. But you here's the problem with that. Here's yeah, the, so for, coming, from, coming from the minority. I hate them because they are choosing to be no, fucking No, no, no. Com- coming from the minority. I hate they hate you back because they're- But coming from the minority, those type of individuals- Hate me because of my skin color, yeah, and that's it. Exactly, that is it. Who's those? Who are we talking? These, about? You're you making them into a monolith. You're making them into a monolith. You're saying those people. I say those type there. of individuals in which he's described, which Brett is describing. I'm not saying those as a whole. You have those southern ones who are the of the nationalist brand who believe who just hate someone like me based solely Isaac, on my fuck skin. Those people, Isaac. Fuck those people. Isaac, do you hate? Do you hate uh, Jay because of? The color of his skin. No. <laughs> then why do you align with the do people I who hate, hate them? Do I do hate Jay because guy? of the color of his skin? Damn, it would have been crazy I don't hate if you said yes. Color your skin. I know. I was thinking about it just to be funny. But, <laughs> but, but, no, but, uh, but, but you're again, you're making a huge group of people into a monolith. You're saying all these people that are upset about the way the economy is going and happen to live in Alabama and are white and Christian – they're all cl- racist Cletus, but some of them aren't. No, some, no, of them no, have, no. some of them have legitimate. Some of them have legitimate complaints. And I have family in Alabama, so that I can I, definitely attest to. I know that because I know you're not going to admit to hating Jay right here, and I know you're not going to admit to hating the the. 21-year-old Jays, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Latin, Latin guy who works at the Carl's Jr. down the street who came from Mexico or came from wherever. Okay. So why why do you look at the the monolith, the the people who are like? Who are Cletus from Alabama? Why do you look at them and be like, you know what? They do have some points because they're not all <laughs> Cletus. Some of them have legitimate complaints. Some people who voted for Trump, be, believe it or not, are not racist. But some everyone people who was are. racist voted for him, though. Okay, but that doesn't mean that all of those people are the same. And the, some of them lost their entire family's livelihood because of globalization. I mean, that happened. That's true. And I this, lost my job last year too, man. I'm not blaming Mexicans. I, but not all of them are blaming Mexicans either. That's what I'm saying. Some of them are saying, oh, I can see Trump's when you're an economic the, nationalist and there's something to that. But, but why, when you're in the bus and you're like, wow, everyone on this bus is wearing a hood and we're going to the I Hate Mexicans rally, you're like, oh, why, I got on the wrong. You either go, I'm on the wrong bus or you're like, Never mind. I think I'm going to that. No, same place I look. Too. I I get. I understand the fear about racism. I really do. It's I not get just it. racism, or it's or, not just or racism. Uh, whatever it is. It's, uh, it's, what do you call it? Jingoism? What's the? No, it's not racism. It's bigotry. It's women's right, yeah, it's women's rights. It's gay rights. I get it, man. It's everything. America is founded more than anything else on tolerance, and and I completely understand why it's scary when somebody comes along and they're seeming to. Uh, be doing this racist shit or saying like I don't like brown people or brown people are less than white people blah 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 I get it I totally understand that being said <laughs> you can't just say everyone down there when you say Cletus in fucking Alabama you're doing the same thing you are monolithing eyes 
monolith. I don't know how to say that, but you're making a monolith out of a whole but huge group of people, people that you don't made, know. Do you think those people have made their choice? But who's they those people? There are plenty of white people in Alabama who are completely not racist and who voted for Trump. What about those people? Those people are wrong too. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Fine. They're wrong, but they're not all racist to but be like what, ignored forever. But then they what? But, does but they see have? the racists and they they see the racists who are on their side. I think, and that's my the issue. Team they, and they're, they're going. They're aligned I with don't those. Mind. That's the, that's the issue mind. a lot of people have that that they're aligning themselves. I get so, what you're saying. hundred. I get hundred and fifty percent what you're saying. Just because they are doesn't mean they are racist. Doesn't mean they are hateful or bigger. They're, they may have an economic situation that brought them to this point to this crossover there. And I get that. But when you align yourself with someone and a group of people who feel that exact the way that you supposedly are not, but you can't let what you can't let the bad apples of any voting populace destroy the entire thing. I mean, you just because a small percentage of people who voted for Obama are you know something some horrible thing that I could decide. Oh, they're they're uh, Black Panther people who want to kill the whitey, right? Just because there's a population this ain't 74, of those, those don't <laughs> but no, I get what you're saying. I can't then say, "Oh, I, you know, I voted for Obama." I can't then be say, We're, but "I'm I, not going to vote uh, for Obama." Initially, initially, I could completely agree with you. In the beginning, yes, I would agree with you. But as we've gone along further and further, this past almost 20 months, and we have seen everything he has done, everything he said, what he has stirred up intentionally not just oh this was just an accident everything he's the people he has surrounded himself with those who speak for him and the, you still have those people who say well i don't think like that but i still have to align myself at what point do you have to can you pull back that veil and be like i see you for what you are funny, i think that's a very legitimate question but what i would say is that you're being whipped into a frenzy by these fucking memes and by the media constantly pushing this race shit in i don't need that wait, no no, no. Wait, let me the, ask the, you a question you're the racist you, no, no, we no, all, I'm just it. saying we're all we're being divided by this but shit. I don't, but the Russians did the race protest, right? The Russians did the race protest. Why? Because they're trying to divide but us. I don't, like, but here's like the problem said. with that. Right. I don't. But see, for for me as a black man, speaking for many other black men, brown men, black women, brown women, we don't need memes. We don't need a Russian thing to know what we deal with on a daily basis. Even before this, we've dealt with the racism consistently in our face. We've dealt with being discriminated with because solely not on the skin the skin in which we were born with. It is not anything that dealt with Russia. There are people, like I said before, hate us just because just because we were born with this color that is all and so to say that it's memes and it's it's media causing that divide further that's that's belittling it to an extent because it's not it's happened and it's just been more vocal now here's here's where i think trump pushes that kind of thing he does it in the things he doesn't say trump finds time to call out everything he's mad about be it on twitter or at a rally when is the last time he was mad that the police killed a black person when has he ever 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 tweeted his anger over something like that it's shit like that where he doesn't have to get up in front of a crowd and say i'm racist there just has to be a police shooting that any other elected official in his position would absolutely address and he's just like Mm. Or the media shooting. Like, it took, when reporters were asking him about that, like, I know he eventually tweeted about it. But that's but, the thing, he has to be, pro he has to be prodded and pushed to doing it. He won't do it on his he's own. He's like a child who's like, you need to go apologize to your grandmother for breaking her plate. No, I, sh the plate was hanging and on when the he, fucking thing. And, and when people call by, for know. him to apologize and he doesn't, that's all the message racists need. That's him and dog whistling as they yes, say. Yes, and, and it's not right? to that whole yeah, monolith, whistling. as you would call it, but that vocal minority, as we'll call them, yeah. that vocal minority is so loud, and because of the way it's coming out now, it, everybody's yeah. just coming out from the woodworks. Right. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah, sorry. Go for no, it. No, 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 no. <laughs> this, this, happens, <laughs> this, happens, this happens with Christians, right? People, good Christians, go out and say, you know what? You're gay. Or you had an abortion. I don't mind. I'm accepting of you. I know that people are going out there and they're twisting, they're twisting the good word. They're twisting the word of the book to be hateful, but we're not all like that. I like you. You're welcome in my church if you're gay or whatever. Where the fuck are these people? Where's, the, where's the good Republican who is like, where's the person who's you, who's not racist and not the cleanest from the South? 
Where's that person? We only hear from the people who have like, let's hang the cunt on their fucking that's shirt. That's because that's what's in but your news you, feed, dude. I know, but I, where are the good? Where are the good people? That's the thing. They're not. They're not there, man. Like, there's a lot of them. There's a lot of speak Jordan, up, look man. At, look at Jordan speak Peterson. Where, Jordan like, Peterson. Jordan Peterson. I don't know if he's a good dude. <laughs> what would I say? He's, if, that's, if that's your best example, he's right wing, but he's staunchly anti-racist. You know, the he's very defend dogs. Oh, let's get Mike Vick in here. Like, <laughs> I'm just saying. He's I mean, done like, a lot of work I, look, for I, the I, I get you guys' concern, and I, I'm certainly not trying to say that you know racial issues aren't real or that they're somehow not a uh, an issue. All I'm saying is I, I understand why when I turn on NPR in the morning. Eight out of ten of those stories are about race, gender, or gay rights, right? They are obsessed with it. The media is completely fucking obsessed with identity politics. It's in your face all day on both sides because, because they know it sells because they well, know we're going to click on it. Because it's 2018 and we shouldn't be hurting people. We shouldn't be we shouldn't be killing gay people anymore uh, of course we shouldn't, we shouldn't be, be killing be gay people but it's still happening yeah it's still happening and people like you are saying identity politics man, but there's a really million the things happening all the time this is what i'm saying there's a million news stories in a million ways happening all the time there's a, a zillion problems there are more problems than just identity politics those aren't our only problems we have many I, other problems sure let's fix the water and flint uh, yeah like yeah, a, so they, yeah, sure. we dropped that we completely out the news <laughs> we haven't done that yeah. donald trump Puerto like, oh, Rico. i'm gonna do that my first day still orange water you know well, not, i agree with you there i mean no i think that's a horrible problem Mountain it's ridiculous too. that it hasn't been solved. you know why i think we haven't looked into that more the guardian which is a uh uk based publication did a study of water systems in the u.s and found and it's more than just flint they found three thousand because i think chicago is some is some of it lead what, levels similar yeah, to flint it's not just flint that's the problem it's like oh we flint. <laughs> See, flint. exactly we that's but, what we should be talking about. But, Let's talk about that. But now, there we are can certain, talk about all the but things. But there are things that have <laughs> that are there are things that make front page headlines. And I get what you're saying with the news, the media, they love it. Of course, we, we get these viewers, we get these watchers. But there are things that have consistently kept happening that many people didn't know about. A lot of people didn't know before the popularity of social media that lynchings were still going on. You mean the police? No, 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 no. Lynchings, regular lynchings. Have been happening in the South. Many people did not know that before it was already pushed across social media. But now we see it and it because it's being told, look, look, this has been happening. People say, oh, it's just identity politics. No, it's making people aware of things like that. These things are consistently happening where you have people of the LGBTQ community being bashed, being targeted, where you have Muslims, Jews and different other organ different groups being targeted that we never heard of. But now because we have the platform to let people know and keep them aware, I don't think it's so much identity politics more as let me let you know what's going on around you that you may not have been privy to before. I, I just feel like those videos that you're talking about that are super inflammatory, right? That you're oh, going to see but some no, no, terrible forget the, violence. Forget the inflammatory somebody, video. If, no, 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 no. I, I know what you're not. I'm not talking about those. I'm talking about when you get the regular article that tells you this has happened, and then it by the and at the bottom before it closes out says, "Well, in this in 2012, this happened. 2014, this happened, and you've never heard about it." Right, but you're the thing is a lot of white people are going around on their own. A lot of say Cletus mm -hmm. is in his computer going down his rabbit hole, looking at videos of white people getting their asses beat in public by black people. I'm not saying looking at not, looking at stats about oh black people kill x times more than white people. Blah blah. blah. They're on their rabbit hole too, and they can go down that fucking rabbit and hole so all goddamn right? day. Like, no, I'm not saying it's all right. Say, I'm just man. saying if. Stats and videos and these bits of information can be weaponized, as we've seen Russia do, right, to but divide us very easily. And and as as long as our newsfeed picks and chooses these things so, that are going to infuriate us, that are that are outliers, mm. by the way. You know, it's not like this is happening all the time everywhere. You know, then of course we're going to stay divided. So what about what you just said makes the Russia investigation not interesting? I never say it's not interesting. Oh, yeah. right, right, right. Yeah, first thing. Okay. First thing <laughs> what I meant is, what I, I didn't mean it's not interesting. Of course, it's an interesting news story. <laughs> I just mean it's it's not, uh, it doesn't make me super like anti-Trump is what I mean. It, do, it doesn't have that much of an impact on my interest in Trump or my like support or not of him. That seems like a weird stance because I feel like he's the, he is the one actively 
riling up and stoking those tensions yeah in a way that's very detrimental to this country sure i think clinton would have done it in her way though also i just think it's uh yeah no look i don't like that either i don't want him to be up there doing these divisive things and falling into these meme traps of russian shit i don't want that either i do think though that ultimately he was he had to happen you know what i mean I, like trump had to happen again these things these divisions we are facing are beyond russia beyond anything and you see this same nationalistic well, shit sweeping the that world. i don't I mean, necessarily for that i think know? it started happening with. i think it happened january 20 whatever it is 2009 that was when the floodgates opened the oh, moment yeah. barack obama was sworn in as president yeah it opened the floodgates opened because all of a sudden those from the south those in the midwest those on the east coast and west coast was in like california too yeah like, that's what i'm saying i know yeah. all over we're like Track oh my god side, we have a nigger as a president and then it just started getting banana it just the racism floodgates opened everybody was everybody kept saying that oh racism had died out no it had been suppressed oh, and yeah. it took that that was the moment that the pressure in the pipe burst and if you even want to like try and take Russia out of what's happening with not just Trump, but in all of Europe, a lot of these movements like Trump, like what's happening here, they spring up in relation to a long period of liberalism where there's always this undercurrent, be it religious people in like <laughs> Romania and Hungary, which are places that are getting yeah. super right wing Italy or, or Italy is really racists right yeah. in this country. They spend like eight years just seething about in this country. It, I, I don't know white people being replaced. I don't know what they're like. Who's going to make exactly it a pizza? <laughs> <laughs> wow! But I mean, you know, it's, it, it it's does. Not, it's not really a joke. I mean, if you look at Germany, for example, Germany has let in I think ten million African refugees in Middle Eastern. That's a country of sixty million people. I yeah, mean, that's that's going to have a massive impact on your country. Yeah, I don't think it's like crazy. The white people are crazy to think that well, that's not going to happen. An impact in what way? Like at at some point there won't be enough white people? No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it's going to have an impact on your culture if you import 10 It could have a positive impact I mean, if you it. import but that culture cultures, properly. Sure, cultures are imported sure. cultures are imported into other cultures all the time whether it be from refugees, whether it be from Well, when you, you import music, white people into an African country that you don't want that yeah, because that culture is real bad. <laughs> <laughs> no, just but no, you you don't the, want ten million white people coming into Zimbabwe, right? But that my homies, that my homies, I have a that, gun <laughs> album for you. <laughs> but you have because certain cultures are the way they are. Now I get where if, if you want to talk the idea of Germans don't want the German cultures outside of that one little you know four to eight year period that never existed, uh, <laughs> that period that never happened. Yeah. Um, no. Having their culture completely taken away from them, I don't think that'll ever happen. I think they'll be allowed to have a new culture as well. The thing is, America's culture has America doesn't have yeah, a culture. Right. It's not the same as Germany, where it's like an rooted ethnic. It's a rooted yeah. ethnic. No, right? No, America doesn't have, and a that's country. why, and that's why ultimately American racists are fucking idiots. And I agree with that because if you're going to say America is a blank country. That's not really true. Right. America it's doesn't have fair. That's it doesn't have a national thing. language. Right, it doesn't right. have a religion. It doesn't have oh. these things that yeah. many other countries Definitely have. Doesn't have a religion, but yeah, I mean, it has a English is officially the language is it? of America. Yeah, I think. I don't know. About I don't think it is. Mm. No, I don't, I don't think, it think it is. I think they made. I, I think that's like a declaration. Listen, oh, maybe. <laughs> let's be real, unofficially, but also if you go to the DMV and you're like, I need, I need like to sign up for a license and I can only read and write in Polish. I think they will accommodate. They give you, they have Polish tra translators. Like I, in countries that have an official, Google says it's English. When did the when did English become the official language? <laughs> yeah, what does that what does that say? Legend has it. That's not a good <laughs> See, that, that's, that's, that is not the best thing. When it starts off with legend, when legend has it, Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah. Oh, it says 1795. No, but then it says in star. Yeah, this isn't confusing. Yeah, See, who knows? I mean, but that yeah. that's the thing. I can understand. Germany has its culture. It's always had. Right. And, and it's you, deeply, like, ethnic. It's rude. deeply ethnic. Yeah. This is what made the country the country. Now, when you allow these refugees in, I don't think you're saying, I think some people just want their country to stay the same, but you're not, for a lack of better words, losing your culture by allowing other cultures to come in. Right. I mean, well, it totally depends. I mean, it depends on what your culture is, what you want. Sure. I mean, I mean yeah, yeah you I agree. 
you could say American culture has changed since the Gilded Era. You could be like, oh, things weren't the way they used to be in 1875. If you tell Americans yeah, what their uh, culture is, it's basically racism and hatred. No, exactly. So like, <laughs> and people will <laughs> not want to because that's what that's what the country was founded on. Oh, culture does change. Culture does true. change. I mean, there is racism in the Constitution for sure because it's got the three fifths. Yes, the three fifths. Yeah, the three fifths. So of in that sense, I mean, in a way, it was founded well. That's what as I'm a saying. White country, <laughs> in right? a way. Yeah. Um, no, I'm just saying it's like in a way you could say. Even though it doesn't, we you, have if racism. you wanted to be racist, you could go back and say, "Oh no, America was meant to be white." Look at the three fifths comp- compromise. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We have racism written all over our fucking constitution. Sure, the Thirteenth Amendment is super racist. Completely racist. What's the the uh, quote unquote abolition of oh, slave. Right. Yeah, what's yeah. abolition right. of slavery, where you can still uh, have slaves as long as they're prisoners. Yep. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, right. And that's how the American Your prison system works. Private prison system flourishes. Yeah. There's a whole documentary about it I on know, Netflix. Shout out to Ava DuVernay. Yeah. Ava yeah. Globalist a, cuck. Uh, Ava is globalist such a sweetheart <laughs> if you get a chance to talk to her, by the way. But no, no, no. I digress. I digress. So, yeah, we're at an hour five. We might as well wrap it up. I have a show to get to at 6.30. This was an interesting yeah. episode. Thank I, I thank you all for doing it. Should we just do plugs? We don't really have comments. No, right? we yeah, do. we're too long to do comments. For me, just unpops.com or patreon.com slash unpops. Sign up for the rest of our podcast. Jay, what do you got to plug? Twitter, Instagram, Mr. J Washington. That's J A Y Washington. YouTube channel, J Washington 80. Uh, patreon.com slash Mr. J Washington. Join the supervillain squad. And I'm at Comic Con this week and I'll be doing a whole bunch of other stuff. So just follow me on the social media sites. Isaac. For more hardcore racism, <laughs> check out – no, just kidding. Uh, check out Not A Huge Fan podcast, me and Charles Disney podcast. Search it, Not A Huge Fan. And also uh, follow Vandal Press on Medium for some good content. I have a few articles there. He does. He has them. some really good articles up there. Some one about Facebook, one about Venezuela. Yeah. I think that's it. Yeah, there two. might be a third one. No, no I think just, just those two. Uh, I'll get back to it good. soon. Yeah. Brett. Guys, this summer on Big Brother is heating up. I can't. I'm just. I'm like stuff wasn't great last week, but I think this week is going to be good. The Virgin God Scotty has ascended to the throne. <laughs> we'll talk about it on the podcast. The podcast is called Hey Julie. Follow it on Twitter at Hey Julie BB. Follow me on Twitter at Brett Raider. All right. Hey, follow me too at Adam Todd Brown. Todd with one D. It's all we could afford. It's a joke from uh, Beverly Hills nine zero two one zero. All right. Let's get the fuck out of here. Brett, say goodbye. Goodbye. Isaac, say goodbye. Jay, say goodbye. Goodbye, people. (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye, everybody. We love you. (laughs) 